Welcome to Victory in Faith Now podcast, episode number 10. Well, we welcome you back to the Victory Studios. This is Reverend Phil Hughes, and I'm here with episode number 10 for you. Well, it feels good to be back in the studios with you, and um, we've been out for a little while, but uh, we've got some, some new episodes coming out that are going to be real exciting. Today's episode is entitled, Two Things the spirit of fear is afraid of. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be short. We're not going to be a real long episode this uh, this particular episode of on episode 10, but we are going to give you some really good information. They say best uh, gifts come in small packages, so it'll be a shorter one, but very meaty. I think you'll get some good stuff out of it. Right after our announcer does his intro, we'll be ready to go. Welcome to Victory in Faith Now with your hosts, Reverend Philip and Kay Hughes. This is a ministry podcast show where you'll hear teachings on how to expand your faith and build your authority in Christ regarding spiritual warfare. On occasion, there will be time for you, the listener, to call in live. Our show will include testimonials, special guests, and special guest hosts. Also, with programs that will teach you the uncompromising Word of God. So, if you're looking to obtain knowledge and rock-solid teachings regarding such subjects as the occult, witchcraft, the origin of evil spirits, angels and demons, generational curses, Satan, the Holy Spirit, the power of prayer, the blood covenant, healing, faith, authority, and much, much more, then welcome to Victory in Faith Now! You can also visit our website at www.victoryinfaithnow.org. And now, here's your hosts, Reverend Philip and wife Kay Hughes. Okay, we thank the announcer. Well, here we are, back into the studios. Hey, today is a, a short one, but it's a, like I said earlier, meaty one. Uh, what it's going to be entailing is two things that we're going to discuss that the spirit of fear is afraid of. Sometimes that's a little bit odd, I'm sure. Probably a lot of people go like, wait a minute, aren't the spirits supposed to create weird things, fear, causing people to be afraid of things or being scared of things, etc., so on and so forth. Well, yeah, but you know what? They also are afraid. And there's two things we're going to tell you about that they are actually afraid of. But the spirit of fear especially... It is where he becomes afraid, where he becomes scared. Now, all of the demons fear this, but there's two things. The enemy himself, even, and when I'm saying the enemy, I'm talking about Satan himself, is afraid of. But all of his demons, all of the fallen angels that are with him, all those spiritual evil forces are afraid of the same two things. And that is, number one, faith because fear and faith are synonymous. In other words, they are total opposites. You cannot have fear and faith operating in your life at the same time. And you say, well, no, wait a minute. There's been times that I've had some faith and I've prayed for things, but I'm afraid. Well, the confession of your mouth has just ruined whatever you were confessing prior. So if you said, well, I have faith and I'm believing God, but I don't understand why this is happening, or I don't understand 
what what seems to be going on. It just doesn't seem to be working out, and, and I'm kind of worried. I'm kind of concerned. I'm kind of afraid. Well, if you just said that, that's exactly what you're going to get. Because we need to confess what we believe. And if you're believing it and you're confessing it, that's what you're going to get. It's not rocket science, okay? But we're going to go on ahead and we're going to give you some scripture here to back up what we're saying. Because you know us, here in Victory at Faith Now, my wife and I both are very much in believing on teaching and teaching the uncompromised Word of God. So sometimes you may not always like what you what you hear, but the truth is, it's the truth. And so therefore, anything beyond that, you're going to have to take it up with God. Because all we can do is tell you what the Bible says. It's up to you if you want to, I guess, some way or another of saying compromise it. But, uh, you know, we teach and minister the uncompromised Word. So let's get started with this. I'm going to give you some scriptures. Oh, do you want to know the second thing? The name of Jesus. You probably guessed that already. But demons tremble, and they are so afraid of the name of Jesus. So when you have power and authority, and you can use the name, the name above every name, even name that they're going to one day have to bend their knee to and admit that the Lord Jesus Christ is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And one day, even they will have to do that. Anyway, let me give you some scripture. Okay, wait a minute, wait a minute. You know what? Let me stop here and, and do something. First of all, we're talking about faith, and we're talking about fear. So let's find out a little bit about each one before we get into some scripture verse to back up what we're saying here. Faith. This comes out of the Webster's Dictionary. A strong belief or trust in something or someone. A belief in existence of God. A strong religious feeling or belief in a system of religious beliefs. Okay, now let's uh, see what else it has. It's a, a duty to loyalty, fidelity to one's promises, sincerity or integrity, belief and trust in loyalty to God, a belief in traditional doctrines of religion, a firm belief that there is proof or non-proof, either one, in something either one we see or don't see, a firm belief in the thing that we believe in such as a particular doctrine of religion. In short, there are other scripture verses. You know, let me just give you one. Uh, faith. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Scripture verse, Hebrews 11.1. 1. Okay, let's take a look at the next word. Fear, the opposite of faith. Okay, now, you know, before we move on to some of the rest of this, let me fill you in a little bit more information on fear. First of all, fear of mankind, fear, the spirit of fear creates wrong decisions, rejection. We sometimes get fear through being hurt, judgment, authority figures, failure. Sometimes we're fear of man, darkness, being alone, death. We fear salvation, disappointment in God, being accused of things, being attacked, having children, pain, sickness, frustration, cancer. We're afraid to drive in traffic, insanity, heart attacks, the future, crowds, horror, panic, fright, sudden fear, terror, dread, appreciation or non-appreciation, torment. I mean, these are just things that go on and on. And you can find some of these things in First John 4.18. But the main thing is, is you got to understand, is fear can be destroyed or counteracted by the simple act of faith. And faith will overpower fear. 
but you're going to have to maintain keeping your chin up, claiming it, and not falling down by the wrong confessions. A worse issue with the spirit of fear continually growing if you don't keep your faith. Faith will overpower fear, but if you allow your faith to become weak, fear will overpower your faith. Stay in the Word. Remember what I said. Continue to claim those things that God given you in the Word that He has given you through Jesus Christ. The power, authority in the Word of God and reading the Word will continue to develop and grow your faith. Okay, let's move on. The explanation for fear is to be afraid of something or someone, to expect or worry about something or something bad or unexpected, to be frightened, to feel fear, a different type of fear, but it's still considered a fear, to be afraid of or to expect with alarm, a fear or a worry, to be afraid or apprehensive. See, these are all things that the enemy plays on. So therefore you have both faith and fear, One will overpower the other. It depends on which one you confess, which one you act on. Let's go into a little bit of information here and see what else we can find on that. Okay, example. One of the greatest mistakes I think that believers make is to confess their faith in words of God, and yet at the same time, they contradict themselves in their confession by wrong thinking, wrong action. You know, we say we trust in God for our finances or for our food or for the new job that we're going to be looking for. But then we don't validate that by our actions. So what happens is we find that our financial needs don't come as fast. We find that the job doesn't show up as fast or that we start worrying about things and one thought leads to another open our mouth and our confession comes out and it's negative you know the wrong uh, the wrong thinking the wrong confession our actions must correspond with the words that come out of our mouth if we believe something we need to act on it you know you're not going to receive any blessings from god If you don't respond by the fact that when he puts something in the Bible for you to follow, to understand, to believe, we can't turn around then and say, yeah, I believe that, and then show the confession of that belief by not doing it or having doubt or fear or causing ourselves to to not accept what God's saying in a sense because that's simply saying you don't trust what God's trying to tell you to do you're not putting your faith and your belief in god or that he's going to provide for you or do the things he said he's going to do besides in all truth confession restores broken fellowship with god the only reason sometimes we get away from god is simply because we've gotten involved in life in what we call the world and we start falling backwards a little bit we get away from church we get away from our reading of our bible we get away from prayer we get away from fellowship with other christians and what happens is is basically we fall short of God and sin creeps back in. I mean, let's face it, we live in a world that is controlled by the enemy of this world and this world is controlled by Satan who is the God of this world and he is himself one of the largest and biggest liars and sinners. If he can get you to sin and fall short and cause you to think wrong about yourself or the things that you've said or the things that you've done or the things that you should have done or that you didn't do. And he just puts a guilt trip on you. And our confession brings 
forgiveness when we confess our faults and our sins to God, because he said he would forgive us as far as the east is from the west. Now, for us to be able to do that, though, we need to stay focused and concentrate on his word. His word will bring faith, because without it, it says that we're unpleasing to God without that faith. So we have to have the faith to operate. Now, if you're a Christian, it took a certain amount of faith to accept the fact that Jesus died on the cross. You didn't see Jesus. You've never known Jesus. You didn't know anything more about him than what somebody's either told you or read about in the Bible. Yet, you believe that he saved you by dying on the cross and shedding that blood. And he did. How do you know? You say, well, Reverend Hughes, why are you saying that? How would you know? You weren't there either. That's true. I wasn't. But I have a confidence, a belief, and a sureness in my heart and my spirit that that's what he did. And because I, I have faith in believing that, I have faith to know that the Bible does not lie. And the Bible cannot be contradicted because too many people, too many specialists, too many spiritual individuals as well as non-spiritual individuals, scientists of all types have tried to convince the world that it's wrong. Atheists don't believe it. They think, well, you know, there's no truth to it. But they cannot prove that it's not in existence. There's things that happen in that Bible that is so numerically lined up, there's no way that it cannot be from God. Too many things in the Bible come out that proves that God is in existence today and that he is the God of this, the universe. He's the creator of mankind. We can get into a whole different area there and, you know, spend hours and showing you different things in the scriptures, but... You know, there's really no reason to go into all of that at this point. Look, bottom line is, the Bible is the Word of God, and it is uncompromised. When we minister it, we minister it according to what it says. So, if you continue in God's Word and in His thoughts, and of course, God's thoughts are different than our thoughts, so you have to understand that His thinking is not the way we think. And this sometimes is what causes us to stumble, because we want to study it, and we want to understand it, but sometimes we don't understand some of the things that he's saying. Some of it is because it's future yet, has not yet happened. Studying about confession, you know, we learned that, um, you know, that a lot of our confession is wrong, it is because our belief is wrong. If our believing is wrong, then our confessions are going to be wrong, and our thoughts are going to be wrong, and our thinking if it being wrong is because our mind has not yet been renewed enough for our spirit to accept everything. So in other words, what I'm saying is, is the word of God sometimes may not seem reasonable to us since the natural man. But that is because our mind has not been renewed by the word of God. God says, renew your mind with the word on a daily basis. And that's what we need to do. But to do that, you need to study it. You need to get into the Word. You need to, to read the Scriptures on a day-to-day basis. That's how you learn things. Just like when you went to school. Except that now, studying in the Bible, it should be a daily activity. Day in, day out. Every day. thing is, I know right now that I'm probably talking to people who don't, one, even own a Bible. But what's even sadder than that is the ones that do, and they don't even know where it's at. Or it hasn't been picked up in so long that they'd have to dust it off before they could even open it. And unfortunately, that's not, <laughs> that's not a smart thing. If you're going to claim to be a Christian, you're going to walk the walk and talk the talk. Then you've got to know what you're saying. And to do that, you need to get back into the Word and study a little bit. You know, like, well, wow, Brother Hughes, I mean, you know, you're beating us up here. No, I'm not. I'm just telling you what I've already gone through in myself in my own life. That's why I can confess what I'm saying. And I know it's true. 
you get out of the Word for a length of time, you start getting weak, and the enemy can beat you up, and fear can come in. And there you go. That spirit of fear is creating, because it's doubt, unbelief, it's causing fear. Let me give you an example, scripturally, okay? This is on uh, talking about Peter. Now, you've got to remember, Peter, he tested the spirit, you know, um, if uh, you look at uh, Matthew 14, verse, say, 28, and Peter answered him and said, he was talking to Jesus, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee onto the water. Now, this goes back to when Peter and them were on the boat and Jesus was on the water on the lake at night. What had happened was the storm started to come up. Some of you may know this story, and those of you who don't, let me give you a short recap of it. The Bible says that it was about the fourth watch. In other words, this would be the a.m. It was probably somewhere between 3 and 6 o'clock next morning. And they were out on the water, and the water was starting to reel and rock, and the storm was coming up, the wind was starting to blow, and they began to get a little fearful. And doubt and fear go hand in hand. Remember what I was saying. And faith cannot operate when there's fear there, because you're giving more credence to fear than you are to faith. And so you cannot have both of them operating at the same time at the same level. One will overpower the other, depending on which one you are giving more attention to. So, at this point, Jesus came out. Peter saw him, and he called out to him, started to get out of the boat. He started to walk on the water, and fear came in because of the fact that he thought about the water and the waves. He looked back at the boat, saw it rocking and rolling back and forth, waves hitting it and coming up over the edges of it, and he got fearful. And when he got fearful, he began to sink. And when he began to sink, he cried out unto the Lord. And, you know, Jesus went on ahead and picked him up and pulled him back in up out of the water. And both of them were able to walk back to the boat. They got back into the boat. But let me say this. See, the thing about it, a lot of people say, and I've even heard ministers say this, and it's wrong. So you need to understand that. But in the scriptures, Jesus, after he got him back into the boat, he spoke to to Peter and the rest of the disciples that were there, and he asked them, he said, Why, O thou of little faith, doubt? In other words, why did you doubt? Now, here's what they say. Peter had no faith. No, wrong thinking. And if you really read the scriptures for what they say, it doesn't say he had no faith. He was not operating in his faith, but it didn't mean he didn't have any. As a matter of fact, the words of Jesus out of the King James Version said, O thou of little faith, so, at least he had little faith, which a little works a long ways if you don't have doubt. But so, therefore, what he said was, it wasn't that he didn't have faith. He just wasn't using what he, you know, what he was given. You know, we often hear Christians that will say, you know, they need more power. They need more faith to do more for God. However, this is not necessarily the true case in the situations of that type. Their trouble really is, is not that they, you know, that they need more faith or that they have the Holy Spirit and don't know how to operate in it, or that they need more power. They think that they do, but the truth is they've got plenty of faith, they've got plenty of power, and they've got plenty of authority. problem is, is they lack of faith, not a lack of power. Their faith is weak. Their faith needs to be strong. Their faith needs to be built up. It comes from reading the scriptures. When you let the enemy come in and steal from you, kill from you, uh, rob of you, your joy, your peace, and, and create fear and anxiety, then you're going to deal with what you believe in. And if your confession is weakness, 
fear lack, then you're not giving credence to God, the Holy Spirit, and Jesus, what he died for you for. And he left you with power and authority. Okay, let me back that up. Some of you may have heard this before in our past episodes, but let me repeat it because it's definitely well worth repeating. This will prove that Jesus left us with power and authority over the enemy. Luke chapter 9, verse 1. Uh, And he called his 12 disciples together, and he gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases and to be able to do all things, laying hands on the sick, being able to pray in authority against the enemy. And you say, well, that's great. You know, Reverend Hughes, um, you know, that's great for them. I mean, you know, that was over 2,000 years ago, and that was just for the disciples. Well, I've heard that one before, but let me prove to you that that is not true. If you are a believer of Jesus Christ, if you are a Christian, if you are one who has accepted him, that he has forgiven you of your sins, and that you are now a follower of Christ, quote-unquote a Christian, okay, then this one ought to be able to cure what I've just said. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 through 20, if you want to read the whole thing. But let me just read chapter 16, verse 17 of Mark. And these signs shall follow them, not just the disciples, to follow them that believe in me. And in my name shall they cast out devils and shall speak with new tongues. That's called baptism of the Holy Spirit. Another area of time we can get into that later. But the thing about it is, is is that it does show that you can do the same things that he gave the same power to with his disciples if you are a believer. Otherwise, that makes Jesus a liar. Okay, and we know that's not true. And it says, and these signs shall follow them that believe in me. The works I do shall they do also, and greater works than these shall they do. Well, if you're a believer, then that makes you part of the family. Able to do the same things that Jesus did, the same things that he gave power and authority to his disciples to do. We have the same power and authority. Now, don't go out to try to do it in the name of Bob or the name of Sally or the name of, uh, you know, your dog. Because it isn't going to work, all right? You actually do what you do and what you say in the name of Jesus. It's the name and the blood. That is the two things that enemy is afraid of. And the spirit of fear is definitely afraid of that because that is what causes him to realize that he has no power and authority when he knows you have more power and authority than he does. So his fear tactics don't work because you can claim your power and authority over him by rebuking him, casting him out, and commanding him to go in the name of Jesus and in the blood. And by faith, believing it and not doubting, by faith, he will flee from you and he will run the other way and you will be victorious. Well, that's what it's all about. So I know that we've got a little bit more that we'd like to say, but uh, we're going to cut this a little bit short. And what I want to try to do is uh, to give you some ideas of some new things that we're going to be ready to come up with and what we're going to be doing and some of the new titles that we've come up with as well for some of the new episodes. Okay, be right back right after our announcer say his piece. We thank you for the time you've spent with us on this episode of Victory in Faith Now. Our desire is to honor God by promoting victory in your life, by teaching that all can be healed according to the word of faith. Also, by reaching out to the world, to all in need of Jesus Christ. Reverend Phil and Kay Hughes seek for you a deeper spiritual walk of faith, power, and authority for all who know Jesus is Lord, and salvation for all those who don't. 
May God's very best be yours. Now, a closing comment from your hosts, Reverend Phil and his wife, Kay Hughes. Okay, we are back and appreciate the great announcement there. Now, remember, confession restores broken fellowship with God. So you need to confess your sins, get right with God, get back in the Word. And remember, you have faith. God tells us we have a measure. The measure you have is more than adequate, more than enough to fulfill and do what uh, you need to do in regards to coming up against the enemy. If not, then God missed it, and I kind of doubt that he did that. So whatever measure he gave to you, is he gave to you because he knew that that would be adequate and more than enough for you. Now, you want to develop that. You can let it grow. It's not going around asking for more faith because you've got enough. It's just a matter of expanding what you've got, growing with what you've got. Best way to do that, stay in the Word, okay? Some of the things that are coming up, let me just tell you this real fast because this is some really good programs that are getting ready to happen. Okay, coming up for one, uh, Kay and I are going to be doing Praise, Worship, and Warfare. Probably going to end up being a two-part. As a matter of fact, as I speak right now, she's still finalizing some of her notes on her laptop. So I'm sure that uh, we'll be getting started on that one probably in the next episode. Some other ones we've got coming up will be Names of Satan, uh, A Letter from Lucifer's Army, Genesis, The Beginning, Things That You May Not Know, Health Tonic is Faith, has a lot to do with things on healing and things that you need to know about. The Occult War, A to Z, that's probably going to be two, maybe even a three-parter. Another one is Six Enemies of Faith. And we just got finished talking about two things that is fearful for the spirit of fear. We have another one coming up called Mustard Seed Faith. It'll probably be also a two-part, but a very good one. As a matter of fact, that was one of the ones I have traveled throughout the country and abroad in other countries like Mexico and Jamaica, ministering that particular one. And um, it's one of my top sellers. So we may even set that up eventually to put out on a CD for you. And uh, that way you'll have two parts that you can actually listen to in your car at times or give to friends that might help them in their building of their faith. How to Wound Demons. Okay, so these are just a few of the ones that are coming up. This, the, the last seven words of Jesus. Just some really great ones. But anyway, I want to let you know that uh, we are on iTunes. We are working on our Facebook. You can go to iTunes and see us. You can go to YouTube and see us. You can go to our website at www.victoryinfaithnow.org. And you can also listen to our episodes there as well by going to the blog. You can pull up all of the episodes. And you can read about us and leave some comments. If you want to email us directly, you can also do that by just emailing us at phil.com. K, so that's P-H-I-L dot K-A-Y at victoryinfaithnow.org. And we'll be happy to get that. We'll be able to send an email back to you and correspond with you that way. Some other things that are coming up, but I don't have a lot of time to get into those right now. We are going to fill you in to some more of that information uh, probably on our next episode. So anyway, as um, right now, we just want to say, 
Father, we just thank you for that opportunity that you've given us today, that we're able to go forth and present the word. We pray that this has planted seed in people. We pray that anybody who does not know the Lord Jesus Christ as his personal Savior would be able to do that. And let us know if you accept him. Here's a simple thing you need to say. Father God, I know that you sent your Son, and I believe, Jesus Christ, that you died for me and shed your blood for the remission of my sins. I ask that you forgive my sins and take them as far as the east is from the west, remembering them no more. And I thank you for that. I thank you that you are my Savior. I want to live for you. I want to study your word. I want to get a Bible or read the one that I have and be able to get into the word so that I know I can learn and grow. I thank you for all of these things and know that I trust by faith that you died for me, that you were dead for three days, that you rose on the third day and are now seated at the right hand of the Father in heaven. And that it won't be long before you come and receive me and that I also can be with you in heaven. I thank you for that. I thank you so very much for that. And I thank you for forgiveness of my sins. And now, if you've repeated any of that and you believe that, that's great because that's the truth. And if you've done this in the past and kind of backslidden and you feel a little guilty about it, don't let the enemy lie to you. You know, there's no sin so bad that Jesus or God cannot forgive. So just go to Jesus and ask him for forgiveness and say, I want to come back. I'm sorry I've been away too long and I just want to get back into church. I want to get back into your word. I want to get back into a fellowship with you. Amen. And uh, let us know that uh, you know, you came back to the Lord. We'd love to be able to celebrate and praise God with you in that. So with that, brothers and sisters, I just want to say I love you. Kay loves you. And we are looking forward to seeing you on the next episode. So with that, don't forget, keep the faith.